Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Phil the Thrill sets the Ironman record and Potts' 400th goal in the process and VGK with three goals in the third period en route to a 4-2 victory in San Jose. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. We come to you every day direct, direct from Las Vegas. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is at TD Chris G at Lockdown VGK. You could find us there. Lockdown VGK, of course, is our YouTube channel. Please subscribe there. So, Chris, Tuesday began with not a major earthquake, 5.1 on the Richter scale. Uh, and then the, it ended with that 4-2 to two VGK win in San Jose at the epicenter for VGK at the SAP Center last night. Of course, it was Phil Kessel's show. He sets the Ironman record, appearing in his 990th career consecutive game. And in the first period, he scored his 400th career goal. And uh, a couple of uh, really good pucks and milestones, uh, things to talk about, wearing no pants in that photo afterwards. Uh, we'll be talking a lot about Kessel, of course, in our second segment. But let's uh, just start off by acknowledging Phil Kessel and that accomplishment. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, special nights and... Credit to the Sharks. I know I, I give my fair share of um, grief to the Sharks and stuff, but the Sharks did a very nice uh, tribute to Kessel in the process, as the Vegas Golden Knights did for Patrick Marlowe. There's certainly uh, bigger things out there than um, rivalries between two teams. So credit both teams for uh, taking care of one another on their uh, special nights. And, I mean, to see Kessel score that first goal, Cal Ripken home, gets a home run the night he breaks the record and everything. I mean, it's you know, it's just, uh, it's perfect, right? It's absolutely perfect. And Kessel shifting to the hockey only side, dropping um, the game streak and everything. Kessel's starting to click right now. Kessel is starting to find his way and he's doing it in a very important place for the VGK. And that's the third line. I think the goaltending situation over the summer is overshadowed our original woes for the VGK. And that was the third line. The third line is a very strange spot, not just for Vegas, but for a lot of teams in the salary cap era. They have to, is the third line going to be an energy line? Is it going to be a checking line? Is it going to be a skill line? Is it going to be a balance line? And early on, um, Cassidy seemed to lean towards the balance type side. And then he decided to shake things up. It got shaky. The ground was shaking, Tony. I'm trying to keep up with you, Tony. I'm trying to keep up with you. But uh, he decided to shake things up. And uh, now we got Kessel down on the third line. And that's kind of a hybrid energy and also skill line. And Kessel just finds some open ice and burns by the defenseman. Absolutely uh, at blazing, fill the thrill type speed. And uh a great, uh, a great chip in, if you will, over the over the goalie's shoulder, and it's one nothing, and a good start, BGK. And then uh, we'll talk later on about another lapse in the second period. In the third, Shea Theodore he ties the score at two, and uh, then we had William Carlson uh, just blowing by. You know, who, Eric who, Carlson, who, who? William Carlson, I William think Carlson, it was. he got the game winning uh, goal. He blew by Eric Carlson, 
who was in the midst of a five-minute shift. He was on the ice for five straight minutes. So Willie Carlson scores at 647. A minute two later, uh, we had Mark Stone um, as he ran by, skated by Logan Couture. And at that point, <laughs> the goal horn went off in San Jose. They're so oh, confused. I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. They're so confused, of course, in San Jose. Uh, but it was, it was again, the earthquake. It 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 it, it, not, it, it shook something loose. <laughs> Leah Hextall just she kept talking right through the earthquake. I mean, she didn't even realize that. Uh, the thing that I'm noticing most about VGK is that uh, again, when we talk about Bruce Cassidy and we talk about goaltending, it's more and more noticeable that the defense is helping out the goaltenders with VGK. They bought into playing defense to take some of that pressure that we've seen in the past with BGK off of the goaltender. We saw that last night with Aiden Hill. Yeah, I think you're leading me into, um, I can't remember if it was a power play situation, but Aiden Hill makes a save, juicy rebound right out front. I think it was, was it Howden that was right with them? But Aiden Hill just basically goes his left to right, and either Aiden Hill made the save or there was a BGK uh, player right there to to help in that. And VGK got back to their structure, right? They got back to their game in the third. And you mentioned Eric Carlson. Outside of the the Willie Carlson goal, there you go, the Willie Carlson goal, there was another time Riley Smith absolutely undressed him. Will Carlson had a uh, – Eric Carlson, pardon me, too many many Carlsons, too many Carlies. Eric Carlson, pardon me, let me say this the right way, was undressed twice in this game. Uh, once on the Will Carlson goal, and then Riley Smith had a beautiful opportunity where he just found a way to uh, pretty much break Eric Carlson's ankles. So that's um, it's a lot of money being paid to um, someone doing uh, their their best impression of a turnstile. But uh, back to your point, yeah, VGK's bought into everything right now. There's issues in the second period. We're going to talk about that, but VGK is buying in right now. And six and two through eight, Tony. Again, we've said this probably every show. We have a game recap. VGK is in a better spot than we all thought. We didn't think it was going to be a bad start necessarily. We thought there'd be growing pains, maybe a 500 team, maybe a four and six type team through 10. And the worst we're going to be is six and four now through 10 games coming into um, a fun weekend of hockey. I think we got Anaheim is, and does Winnipeg come back Winnipeg. on Sunday? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg. those are no disrespect to either of those franchises, but that's four points. Like, that's four points. That's the only way VGK can think going into these games. That's four points on the table get them. And then, you know, you start talking about points of the season, you stop and you take a look and you do a little internal progress report. And after 10 games, eight and two, it's a short conversation. Fix the second period. No other changes. Life is good. Let's enjoy the season. Aiden Hill, 29 saves on the night. I noticed that Petrangelo was a minus two while he was on the ice. And I'm going to get into this. I've got to talk about it. I just think that uh, Petrangelo plays too many minutes and they need to make him become more effective. Um, on that uh, first San Jose goal, we saw where uh, he was just hung out to dry in front of the net, and he couldn't push his man out in front of the crease. And uh, it just happens, I think, repeatedly, where he's pinching in offensively, he's skating a lot. He's not just playing those shifts, but he's going from the defensive end and then playing offense. And I just think he's playing too many minutes, and I think it's going to be an accumulation as this season progresses. And I think that they need to make sure that he becomes more effective. And then uh, we saw someone on our Twitter handle last night was chirping at Shea Theodore, 
what's wrong with this guy? He turns, he does turn the puck over too much, I think, in the early part of this campaign. But then he comes back, ties the game at two, and I think he had another assist too. He, he had a couple of points last night, so perhaps Shea Theodore is coming out of things. One of the things I noticed too, uh, Chris, about Shea Theodore, I think the league has caught up to him where he'll get the the puck at the point so many times and then he'll do the fake shot thing and then slide over and then rifle the slap shot well they're going they're not falling for that first move and so i think you know the league is caught up with their scouting on Shea theodore but all of those things defensively give us some of your thoughts so Shea theodore number one that that's something you see again folks i invoke all of you to go to go to city national go to uh, Henderson and catch a, v- a VGK or a Silver Knights practice. And the Silver Knights practice is actually where I saw a drill that Tony's alluding to, where basically it, there's, all right, let me draw the picture here. Let me paint the picture. There's basically, they, they take the shaft of a stick and they put a couple hockey pucks under it. So there's a gap for the puck to go under or over, depending on how you want to do it. And basically that is down there. They kind of chip the puck up and it's what you just alluded to, Tony. They accept a pass from a coach. They kind of go left. They cut back and fake a shot. And they have to, like, get a shot. Sometimes they want the shots to go right under that stick to kind of get a certain um, a certain angle on it. They want it to go over. But point being is there's a drill that you'll see a lot in the practices that is exactly what you just said, Tony, where they get the shot, they get a pass, they fake, they go left or right, and they get a shot. And, they, and the goal is to get it through to the to the net, obviously. So, Theodore, he's he'll be fine. He's got a scoring touch. He had the big goal last night, of course. Theodore definitely has a scoring touch, and he'll get that worked out. You mentioned Petrangelo and a couple of things. Uh, five assists on the season, a plus one with the minus two last night. So he was a plus three. Plus minus is a weird stat. I'm starting to kind of get away from caring as much about it as I used to, but it's it's a relevant stat, but maybe not as important. But an observation, this comes from a from my friends right behind me in 217, uh, Kevin Christie. But um, Petrangelo always seems to, especially on the power play, a, a pass goes back to him on the point, and he's right on the blue line sometimes, depending on what's happening, and he loses that pass, and he mishandles the pass. And VGK has to exit and come back and do a re-entry. So it, it's something strange that we have noticed with Petrangelo. And while it's something small and not necessarily that important in the grand scheme of things, Petrangelo has paid a healthy sum of money, you know, probably what, as far as defenseman contracts in the top 10, I'd have to assume maybe even top five. And, you know, it's got to be able to accept those passes and things like that. And for what he's paid to do and what he has been doing, um, Petrangelo's not really a noticeable player. As weird as that sounds, Tony, he is not really that much of a noticeable player outside of his contract. I'm not knocking him when I say that. I'm not saying he's overpaid. That's not no, the no, path I, of this by I, any means. I just, but think, it's... I just think I think that he could be more efficient with fewer minutes on the no, ice. No, no doubt. There's got to be a better way fair. to divvy it up there to make him, because when he's playing and he's fresh, he's a different player than when he's tired and at the end of a long shift and getting banged around. And he's supposed to be physical, have that physical presence in front of the goaltender. On the backside of a, of, um, a home and away, too. You know, that's the other thing. I mean, you got six very capable defensemen out there. You only run run one defenseman usually on the power play. So, sure, those those minutes can be divvied up a little bit. And I guess just take a moment to acknowledge the fact that if this is kind of what we're chirping about eight games in, we're doing just fine right now. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I have to admit that Nick Haig is starting to play much better, of course, a couple of nights back. 
he uh, collected that turnover there and turned into a goal. And then uh, last night, I don't know if you caught this, but Timo <laughs> Meyer, did you, Timo Meyer, when he gave him the stare down, did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't catch that. I thought oh, no, you were Timo, talk Timo was trying to well, Timo was trying to buzz around him. And then he just gave him this dirty look. He had to look down at Timo and Timo just skated away. He couldn't, he had, he just had no recourse. He couldn't even, he couldn't even chirp nothing. He just shut up and skated away. But uh, Timo Meyer, man, struggling. Eight shots on goal last night. Still hasn't broken through for that first goal. And then that whole first line, him. Tony. I don't know if that yeah. first line has no. a goal. Uh, they don't. I don't think they do, unless Bravanov has one. Because, yeah, no, I, I don't think they do. I don't think they do, you know. And and we were talking about that yesterday. They've not been effective at all. And uh, on that one play where Willie Carlson scored the goal, where Carlson scored the goal, Timo Meyer just, he was like frustrated and just, he was skating in and they're trying to set up a play. And then he just dumps the puck in. And I don't know if it was headed for a line change or what have you, but he just looked disinterested at times. And he's so frustrated. You can't, you know, you can't prove me different. So um, a couple things on Nick Hague. One, he, Nick Hague was almost my savior, Tony. I thought Nick Hague wanted to drop him in the first period. <laughs> I thought did. Hague wanted to drop him in the first period. I just caught that this morning on the recap. I couldn't watch a ton of the game last night, but I caught bits and pieces. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, I almost got my fight at plus 320. Nick Hague was ready there, but it didn't happen. And Nick Hague rushed to the net last night. Unfortunately, it resulted in goaltender interference. But Nick Hague did have a <laughs> nice rush to the net last night. He doesn't yeah. necessarily know what to do once he gets, you know, um, too close. He gets yeah, Will Carrier close. does a good job, right? Carrier. Will Carrier comes in. Carrier, yeah, exactly. Will Carrier comes in nicely and kind of has that little move where he kind of goes deep, comes back out, and either tries to get it backhand or forehand. But um, you know, Will uh, Willie Willie Carrier needs to uh, teach Nick Hague a thing or two about being around the net and what to do. <laughs> I love all the chirping. Keep it going on at Lockdown VGK at Tony Dasco. At TD Chris G. Skeletons. Our in the good closet. friend. Skeletons uh, in the closet. Our, our good <laughs> friend, Wausau Aaron, though. I have to bring this up before we talk about Phil Kessel. He said, I made my mom listen to the podcast on the way to the beach last week. Sorry, And mom. she said, and she said, who's the Italian sounding guy? Do I, do I really sound Italian? Okay. And why does he dislike the team that he <laughs> podcasts for? It's pretty. Yeah, love it. Okay, coming back, uh, we're going to talk about the all-time NHL Ironman, Phil Kessel. We'll talk about Phil the Thrill as we return here on Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player development, team matchups, uh, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on each and every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, NHL, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device today to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. So, of course, Wausau Aaron, we have a new listener. Uh, thanks to his mom. Appreciate her tuning in now each and every day. Really sound Italian. Thanks for making us your first podcast, of course, your first listen. Every day, our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. So, 
the Iron Man. There is a new Iron Man in the National Hockey League, and his name is Phil Kessel. And so, of course, uh, last night he uh, broke the record there with 990 consecutive games. And uh, Chris, on uh, early on Wednesday morning, of course, I'm up like with the birds here. Uh, there was a tweet sent out, and we posted it at Lockdown VGK from one Iron Man to another. Congratulations to Phil. Playing so many consecutive games in the grueling and demanding sport of hockey is remarkable. He clearly has a passion for the love and the sport. I'm sure that the Golden Knights and the Las Vegas fans celebrated with Phil and his teammates. Way to go, Cal Ripken Jr. Pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I guess I'll lead us in. I did put a, um, a tweet up, a poll on Lockdown VGK. What is the better streak of the two? And it's not fair to, to necessarily grade them, but this is a podcast. We need content. So that's what we're going to do. And Cal Ripken. I'm going to sound Italian. For, yeah. For the sake of sounding Italian. I'm there you go. Exactly. You. I have to agree with you. Um, so you have 2,100, 2,132. Is that the number? Someone can correct me. Whatever Cal Ripken's number was, not to, you know, just blow by it, but Cal Ripken, a magnificent streak that, that stretched across 16 years. Phil Kessel's streak was thir- across 13 years now, I believe. So you only have a difference in a few years, first and foremost. Baseball, you're playing almost every day, no doubt about that. And you're practicing almost every day as well. Only a couple days actually off away from the game a month, it seems like. Whereas hockey, sure, you can have two, three, four day stretches without having a game. And then, but hockey, I mean, every single shift, like there is no taking a moment off when you're on the ice. Because if you do, you'll get your, your teeth kicked in, whatever's left of your teeth, obviously. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm a hockey person. I got hockey followers. We got hockey followers on our on our lockdown VGK. So it didn't surprise me that the poll was massively weighted towards the hockey side. It was like 88 to, you know, 12 percentage speaking. So I certainly understand why the votes came in like that, but I do think the hockey side of things is a bit more grueling just for, for reasons stated, right? I mean, there's no taking a single shift off. There's baseball games where you're basically sitting out there for the most part, just trying to keep the flies off of you. And and maybe I'm coming across disrespectful in, in a way, and that's not the goal, but you know, baseball, there's a lot of time that you are just standing there. You're just, you know, you get you get your three, four at-bats in the game, and otherwise you're just kind of standing there waiting for something to happen. Now, being a shortstop, obviously, is a little bit different than being out there in left, right, or center field, of course. But, you know, still, point being, there's a lot of time where you're just kind of out there and, and hanging loose, you know, enjoying the nice uh, summer breeze and stuff like that. Whereas hockey, every single moment of every single shift, you are out there with your head on a swivel doing your thing, and you know, not just uh, trying not to get hit, but you're out there hitting a much more physical game. So I got to give the nod to Phil Kessel and what he's accomplished if you're going to compare it to uh, the baseball side of things. But I mean, what what 3,000 plus periods played, 60,000 consecutive minutes more when you factor the overtimes and stuff. It's more than 22,000 shifts. Yeah, it's that, that that's a great number, Tony. That, that That's a remarkable number right there. And you think back about that and you know, all love for Phil Kessel and everything and all the stories that have come out, but it's just remarkable that Phil Kessel's the guy. That's not the guy that anyone, anyone would picture that would do something like that. And I think it's awesome. And the fact that, um, you know, he took his celebratory picture with the team, not wearing any pants, just like, cool, okay, I don't care. 
you know, it's he's who he is. He is who he is, and it's great. That's the that's that, that's oh, how said, I can put a ball on it. Yeah, I said he's so old. He's thirty five years old. He's just so stinking old. He said a lot of days last night on ESPN. He didn't feel like playing, but he did. And I get the feeling too. Okay, so Kessel does have more in the tank, as we're finding out the last couple of nights when he really does assert himself. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. one of those players, like an NBA type of a player that preserves themselves to maybe the final two minutes of a game, <laughs> or they preserve themselves during the regular season and they play for the playoffs for the money games, because we saw that last night, the last couple of nights, uh, number 400 that wasn't, and then number 400 that actually stuck. And that's when the goal horn should have actually went off there in San Jose. Uh, but he just blows by uh, Matt Benning. I think it was uh, the uh, defenseman. And and then he just goes, you know, off the path of Reimer and then top shelf. And, and that was that. But do you think that perhaps he does try to preserve himself? And we will see more of Kessel come playoff time or later in the season when the games do count? Oh, Tony, no, no doubt. And this goes back to my uh, my conversation with uh, Gary Lawless. I say it like I had an interview with the guy. I called in a radio show and, you know, I called in a Twitter show and they, they picked up and they, they wanted to talk to me, I guess. But point being is Gary Lawless immediately went to when the Vegas Golden Knights make the playoffs is when you will really see Phil Kessel shine. And his numbers do support the fact that he has a different gear. A lot of players do have a different gear, not just Phil Kessel. But Kessel's been doing this a long time, right? Kessel's been doing this a long time. He knows how to preserve his body. And it's not just a Phil Kessel thing. You can find any regular season game. You can watch regular season games 6, 12, 26. And then you watch game one of the playoffs. Then you watch game one of the second round of the playoffs. Then game one of the third. And then eventually the Stanley Cup finals. And each of those games is exponentially more intense than the previous game, than the previous series. And as the playoffs go on, the games just get crazier and crazier as far as the physicality, what happens. And so it's not just a Phil Kessel thing, but Kessel is a professional's professional, if you will, in the sense that he's been doing this long enough. He knows when the right time is to go all out. I'm not saying he's not going 100% now. I'm simply saying he has a lot more gears in the tank, as do a lot of other players, but he also has the experience and the mindset. And also, you know, he is a Stanley cup winner. So you put all that into, um, into the blender and you shake it up a little bit, not major shake, just about a 5.1 type of shake. You shake all that up and then, uh, you know, out comes, uh, Phil Kessel, the model, of uh, hockey citizen who everyone would assume would play 990 games straight. Yeah. It all began November the 3rd of 2009 and, of course, he is still going, and he's going to try to add on to that uh, throughout the course of this season. Um, found it interesting as well. I think it's another – I think this is a major milestone. Uh, but teams that he's played for now have, last night included, 472 wins. And so I think 500 uh, would be a really big number, right, that shows his impact on teams that he's played with uh, and all of that. And, of course, that leads me into the question of the day. Is Phil Kessel a Hall of Famer? I mean, a knee-jerk reaction, you you check off some boxes, you look at um what's his he's gotta be is he is he forgive me for not knowing this, but he's gotta be closing in on a thousand points if he hasn't already. Right? Right, for sure. We're gonna we're gonna pull that up right now because that certainly is going going to always be um 
one of the milestones that you check off. But I mean, you know, he's played more games than anyone in the league consecutively. Number one, got that picture. That's just, that's Phil Kessel right there in a nutshell. No uh, pants, the no 959 pants. points. So, I mean, I guess the question that I would ask is how many 1,000? If he gets to 1,000, if he gets to 1,000, yeah, when, think not if wins, early it's going happen, to be probably, in. It's going to happen. I mean, for, he's 41 points away. It's, it probably happens close to this season or next season, depending. But, I mean, 400 goals, 1,000 points, Stanley Cup winner, most consecutive games played ever. How do you not put someone like that in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'm like, just curious. I, you know, I, I you knew not... I caught you a little bit off guard there. No, 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 that's it's fair. I, so I like, the, I like the question. I like it. I love the question. And I think that's a, a good Twitter poll. We, we, we get out there and I hope we can get something outside of the VGK uh, stratosphere. You know, I mean, I guess you asked the question two ways. Is someone who gets a thousand points in the Stanley Cup winner, you know, I mean, if you put the consecutive games out there, obviously everyone knows who you're talking about. But, you know, I would have to think more 1,000-point scores and Stanley Cup winners are in the Hall of Fame than aren't. And now you put the accolade of, of the most consecutive games. How is he not first ballot Hall of Fame? How is he not? Yeah. His uh, good friend, Rick Tockett, they're talking about him a lot, right, as being a replacement. A lot of teams off to a slow start. That Vancouver Canucks team is a mess. And – uh, yeah, Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz this week also saying, you know, as we roll back the way back machine of sorts, but uh, again, Tockett and, and the time there, Tockett and Kessel are really tight. And that's one of the reasons why Phil Kessel is here in Las Vegas, because Tockett also lives here. Barry Trotz says, hey, you know what, it'd be interesting to coach a uh, an original six team. So that's where he's at now. And I thought for sure, if EGK stumbled out of the gate, that he would become the GM here. I really had no doubt that they would. He wants a GM job at some the point. The McCrimmon plan. The McCrimmon plan. It's working, folks. It's working. The Castle plan and the McCrimmon plan. Buy in, <laughs> buy in, folks. And, and you know what's looking good too. I hate to go off the rails here, but oh, it's perfect. Uh, the one to nothing victory over your Chicago Blackhawks, who aren't bad. I didn't think they were bad here. They got jobbed having to play Colorado, and then a quick turnaround the back-to-back here in Vegas, and they really – they were standing tall in that game. They lost one nothing. They stood call, They stood tall in the Colorado game, Tony. The special teams battle is where they lost that game, which most teams will do to Col- against Colorado. My Rangers last night. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that, yeah, we watched that actually at a Flamin' Fajitas. We were, had a good good meal there. Um, we were watching that game, me and my son actually. Kale McCarr getting an early goal there. But – um. Yeah, I mean, the Blackhawks, they're, you know, I'm thinking back to Major League. Hey, these guys ain't so likely bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> of course, we'll save a lot more for WTF. What, the Friday, of course? Well, I got one, but it's not related to any of this. I got one already. I got to write it down. This You're already fired up? Okay. Uh, coming bit. up next, uh, we'll talk about the second period woes for the Vegas Golden Knights. What is going on? Scoreless through the last five. We'll get Chris's take on that when we return right here. On Locked On Golden Knights. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply safe home security to protect their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing everything right. So at Simply Safe, your safety is the number one thing that matters. I know because I use it in my uh, very own home. They protect you without. Uh, everything, all these bells and whistles, but they do have cutting-edge security technology uh, powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. 
And uh, some of the reasons why I do love it is because uh, it really does provide 24-7 professional monitoring, simply saves agents. They call you at the moment that a threat is in place, something that's detected, and then they dispatch the police, first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or even if you cannot be reached. Simply safe like it's your home in protection with advanced sensors for each and every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home as well. Smarter ways to really instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. So you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system. When you sign up for uh, an interactive monitoring plan, you will also get your first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash LockedOnNHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. 10-minute warning. Simply, Just got the 10-minute warning. Both of us were clicking up there. <laughs> that's simply S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way. And I am simply Tony Cardasco, the sound, uh, Italian-sounding guy. And uh, Chris Golick, of course, sounds like a referee, I think, at times. There's an Italian the flag ref- there. Italian flag on the arm. Very cool. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> do you have to ref uh, the fights in the household, too? <laughs> some j- 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 Tony so, to the box just like um just like when I um, am on the ice if they start going sometimes I just sit back and take numbers sometimes you can't get in the middle of that storm VGK uh, as Chris has pointed out here the last uh, couple of shows and repeatedly has not scored a goal in the second period and last night made it five consecutive games the last goal was against the Kraken in the second period on October the 15th. And they actually scored three goals, Chris, in that game. In the second period, uh, Shea Theodore had the last goal at 1943 of the second. Why such difficulty to score goals in the second period? Uh, they've been outscored over those past five games in period number two, seven to nothing. They're making it more difficult on themselves. So a couple things of lock, insert locked on sharks to the conversation, and, and they did a good job actually pointing out an interesting stat. The, uh, the sharks had scored their first goal in the second period last night, which now meant the sharks were outscored sixteen to seven in the second period, and then they scored the late goal. So now the sharks have been outscored sixteen to eight in the second period, and not to. Fu- you know, crap on the Sharks, so to speak here, but the Sharks are not anywhere near, you know, VGK's uh, world as far as talent goes right now. So you have a team like the Sharks just basically uh, owning the Golden Knights in the second period who themselves have had their own struggles. So that's something concerning, right? You look at the Colorado game, you look at the Calgary game, two very, you know, top tier type teams, and they didn't put the VGK away necessarily, but they put the game on the right path. I mean, you cannot continue to spot a, an NHL franchise an entire period and expect to win more games than you lose. Is there some type of maybe give and take with uh, the system that just lends itself to not being able to do well in the second period? I can't imagine that's the case. Um, 
you know, at some point though, and you know, I know we're, we are all in love with Cassidy and what he's done. And I, we're, I think we're all supporters by now. If you're not supporting Cassidy, then um, I'm not sure what it is you're looking for in a VGK coach right now, but at some point there needs to be some level of adjustments made in the second period. Maybe it's the long change. Maybe the system tires them out in the first period. Maybe the system has them save energy to the third. Maybe there's a combination of all that. I, I don't know what it is, folks. I don't know what, what it is or why it's happening. I know VGK starts very hot. I know VGK owns a lot of the third periods, which goes back to season number one. I can't tell you how many times I waited in season number one to load up on the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period on various betting apps and and did pretty well. And I think you can do the same thing this year as well, especially last night. You could have got some good plus money on Vegas going from the second to the third to win that game against the Sharks team that they were minus 180 against to win the game overall. So why this is happening, I don't know. But at some points, Cassidy is the one who has to figure that out. He's the coach. He's the one who is responsible. And I do feel that there is something, a slight kink in the armor right now on the coaching side as to what's happening in the second period. I don't have the answer. I, I don't. Um, this is obviously uh, someone uh, who's many, many, many pay grades above myself and Tony, at least at least myself. I don't know how much money Tony makes, but definitely more than myself. And, you know, he, he's got to figure this out. He's got to spin the dials. And it'll be real nice, especially against Winnipeg, Winnipeg did outscore the BGK uh, in the last last time at T-Mobile a week and a half ago. So it'll be nice to see uh, what types of adjustments are made now that we're starting to get some opportunities to get these teams on the, the second time of the season. Let's see what changes are made is what I'm long story longer. That's what I'm saying. So it's been 100 minutes and 17 seconds since they last scored a second period goal. That's over five games. That's it. That is a problem. Uh, and I think I surmise that they do press and they push so hard in the first period that perhaps they take that occasional breather in the second period. I don't know. They took they they take their foot off the pedal, uh, so to speak. San Jose outskated VGK in that second period. They look good. Uh, they yeah, look they good. scored two goals. I was like, who is this team? Right. And uh, I know that they had uh, interviewed Dave Quinn. He said that this team, his team was very poised. Um, again, they. Uh, had Nico Sturm on that goal, uh, and he just bodied up Petrangelo. And Petrangelo, again, that's the goal that it's like, okay, you need to move him. I know Sturm is a very big guy, but, of course, Cotter, like, had him cartwheeling out there on, on his <laughs> big hit. And then, um, you know, and then the other goal was uh, hurdle to uh, Nieto. Nieto came off the bench unmarked and just skated in on a beautiful stretch pass, and that was actually a really good play. But, uh, again, they just need to play more consistently and against better teams. They will take advantage in that second period if they this have. is going they to have. become – if it's going to become a trend. No doubt, Tony, no doubt. And, you know, Toronto could have uh, taken the game and, and, you know, taken the game in T-Bowl this past Monday as well. Like, all these – it's all valid right now. It is a concern, and – Again, I'm glad this is the only concern that we're talking about on a team that is six and two that has looked that looked very good more times than they haven't. They've had a few bad runs. Um, you know, the, the Calgary situation, you can maybe attribute that to the penalties. Maybe you uh, strike that one from the record. Just one of those weird, weird nights, weird moments. So, but still, something needs to happen in that second period as things progress, as the season progresses, as the games get more intense, as we mentioned. As these types of things start happening, you have to fix that. 
the playoffs, every single shift is so important. If this trend continues, VGK would not last long in the playoffs. I know we're we're basically uh, four, five, six months away from even, you know, they having that conversation right now. So VGK has time to right the ship on the second period. And there's no reason to think they won't, folks. There's no reason to think that Cassidy will not get this figured out because Cassidy has done everything right from lineups to the system to juggling and shaking up the lines to keep with the earthquake theme that Tony started the show off magnificently with. Um, you know, so Cassidy's going to figure this out. I have full and complete confidence. Uh, Chris Condos, that's for you. Full and complete confidence in, uh, in Cassidy and what he's doing out there. And I think everything will be fine. Just, you know, we got Anaheim on Friday, Winnipeg on Sunday. Let's see if, uh, it's going to turn. The second period is going to turn. No reason to think it won't. On Friday, in addition to what the Friday, I think we should talk about whether or not this roster is sustainable. I was thinking about that during the game last night. And I think we can really delve into that on this show because Bill Foley says it's the best roster that he's ever had here with VGK. We both beg to differ for a variety of different reasons. But again, we don't know until we see the end result with this team. And can Willie Carlson perhaps yes. maybe teach Jack oh. Eichel how to find the empty net? He's probably the best at, at scoring in the empty netters. He had but, a game. You 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 leave you you leave uh, you leave Slick Willie alone. He had his uh, he had he had the GWG last night, Tony. You can't you can't crap on that parade. Three, Carlson's three got goals. the game winner. Three goals. What's the over under now? Will he hit 30 this season? I say that he should be. That's what I, that's my number one complaint. I think he should be much better with all that talent around him. Leave Willie Carlson alone. He's doing Is it fun. 30 and a hook? What are you going to put up there on the board? Okay. We, we, we predicted, I, I, I gave, I gave a number for him. We have to go back and watch that show. I gave a number. I can't remember what it was, but I, all things, you know, all, all goofiness aside, I thought William Carlson could have a big bounce back under Cassidy. Yeah, and no, we both felt the same way. And uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have a visit with Jordan Papierney, the goaltender oh, nice. for the Savannah Ghost Pirates and a former Brandon Wheat King. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. Can't wait for that show from my man, Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco in Las Vegas. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. See you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.